Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Welcome to your Thursday, July 23rd edition. Yeah, I had to look at my calendar because I can't believe it's July 23rd and we're just getting ready to start the NHL playoffs. But we are. It's Jason Martinez, Flyers Daily, and it's brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Philadelphia Flyers, only Penn Orthopedics has the reputation, the ingenuity, and the expertise to offer the region's widest array of treatments in every orthopedic specialty, all in a safe and secure environment. The Penn Orthopedics team creates the ideal care plan with options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org ortho. A ton of post-practice sound from Wednesday's practice session as training camp continues. Phase three in the NHL continues and preparations are underway for the first exhibition game coming up in just five days from now. Can you believe it, Flyers? Penguins, just five days from now. Yeah, it's an exhibition game, uh, but it's two NHL teams playing on NHL ice, albeit with no fans, in a hub city of Toronto. But still, it'll be Flyers-Penguins. And it'll be interesting to see the intensity level in that game with just one exhibition game before the Penguins have to go into a best-of-five play-in round situation against the Montreal Canadiens. And the Flyers, of course, will go into the round robin and take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, and Washington Capitals for the top four seeding in the Eastern Conference. Great news out of Flyers land today. Great news out of the Flyers yesterday as GM Chuck Fletcher and Oscar Lindblom, the organization, have come to an agreement on a new contract for Oscar Lindblom worth $3 million with an AAV of $3 million, a three-year deal for Oscar Lindblom. Uh, again, this story has just been so uplifting. It's maybe been the, the, the saving grace to the year 2020, which has obviously been very difficult on so many levels from a late December diagnosis to the cancer treatments and everything that Oscar Lindblom went through to the way he handled it. And we're going to hear from Chuck Fletcher in just a minute. And there was something that really popped out to me that you'll hear Chuck Fletcher say that when Oscar was first diagnosed, he was more concerned with how his diagnosis would affect the team than he was with the battle that he was about to go through. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about Oscar Lindblom, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's the fact that he cares for so many people around him so much to put his own fight and battle with Ewing Sarcona kind of on the back burner to worry about the team. And also, you'll hear Chuck Fletcher talk about this. It looks like Oscar Lindblom may be part of the 31-man roster that travels to Toronto. The news just keeps getting better and better. So let, without further ado, here's the general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers, Chuck Fletcher. Hey Chuck, it, it sounds like you must be pretty optimistic then that, that Oscar uh, will be with the team next year. And, and also, uh, will he be one of the, uh, I think it's 52 people that can travel to Toronto? Uh, second part of your question, uh, you know, we're hopeful that Oscar will be one of our uh, 31 players that we bring into the bubble in Toronto. Uh, we've been working towards that, and and uh, so we'll see how the next few days go. But that's certainly our goal. Um, and and with respect to our belief in Oscar, I think um, you know our organization believes you know wholeheartedly in, in Oscar. Uh, our players believe in him. Av and our coaching staff believe in him, and I believe in him. And uh, so we're we couldn't be happier to, to uh, have this three-year deal done. 
I know uh, December was such an emotional time for Oscar, you, the organization. Just can you put into words how special this day is just about six and a half to seven months later? Yeah, it, you know, that was uh, obviously some dark times and when, when the when the diagnosis uh, of Oscar's cancer, um, you know, it was known uh, by all of us, it, it was tough times. I mean, he young man and and just entering not only the prime of his career but the prime of his life and and uh he's been through a lot the last six seven months and obviously medically he's uh, he's in a much better spot and and uh but you know he's a young man that's just really starting his career and i think at the time of uh, of the diagnosis he was leading our team in goals if, I, if i'm not mistaken he was on about a 30 goal 50 point pace and even going back to to the end of the uh, end of the previous season uh, where he had a big second half for us. I think he's had 24 goals in the last 70 games he's played. And and that's just the four we believe of, of, of his potential. And uh, we're very excited to, to watch him continue his career and rejoin his teammates and be a very productive player for the Flyers for years to come. Chuck, obviously in, in contract negotiations, a big part of it is is comparables. This situation, there pretty much can be no comparables with regards to what Oscar's gone through. So what were those negotiations like between you guys and, and Oscar's camp? Uh, they were very amicable. Uh, we got the deal done literally in two or three phone calls. Oscar uh, uh, did have salary arbitration rights this year. And, you know, so his stats, you're able to compare his stats to to other players obviously the way his season ended and and the battle that he's had the last six seven months makes it makes it different but you can still look at what he's done over the, i believe 130 odd games he's played in his career and you can compare it to other players who signed contracts uh, after a similar number of games and and we felt really strongly again not that we were going to go to arbitration but using the arbitration comparable model uh, we felt that on a one or two year arbitration award, he was looking at it at a number in the mid twos. And um, in this era of in this flat cap era, I should say, uh, you know, to, to have that cap certainty for the next three years is is great for us. And from Oscar's standpoint, obviously, after everything he's been through, uh, you know, the security, I'm sure, was welcomed by by, you know, by him. So. Uh, you know, hopefully this is a win-win, and, and uh, as I said to him earlier today, this hopefully is the smallest contract he signed for the rest of your career. Uh, yeah, Chuck, when the uh, diagnosis first came for Oscar, I believe the team was in Colorado at the time when the, when the news broke, you know, everybody tries to focus on the task at hand, but it's also human nature. Sometimes there are things that overshadow hockey. Um, was it a little bit of a, a reeling effect, you know, team at the time that the news came down and what does it show about not just oscar's own resiliency but the resiliency of the team to deal with that news and you know the really tough road trip after christmas and then pull it together the way that you know the, the whole team did yeah well, i think it it obviously was a turning point in, in many ways and again not all in a positive way i mean oscar oscar season ended at that point and, and he's had that tough battle uh but I think the way Oscar responded to the news uh, of the diagnosis and how he handled his treatments and and uh, how, you know, when he was around our group afterwards, he was more concerned about 
his teammates than himself. I, I think that was really a, a big factor in bringing our team together. And, and uh, you know, the, the players really care about him and, and respect him. And I think that was, again, not that any of us wanted that to be a turning point or, or have that happen, but certainly the way Oscar dealt with it, uh, I think really resonated in a positive way with our team and, and helped our team come together. How inspirational was Oscar and his fight to the rest of the team? It seemed like they really, you know, jumped on board with playing for him this year. And and how much did watching what he's been through play into the fact that you guys rewarded him, you know, right now, basically at this time? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, again, Oscar showed tremendous courage, um, tremendous strength during, during his battle. And again, he was always so selfless and, and, uh, you know, I'm sure it had to be very difficult on him physically, psychologically, emotionally, and yet he never, you know, showed any signs of, of fear or weakness with with his teammates. I mean, he, he was positive. He, he just took the battle head on and, and, and uh, you know, I've never been through that. So I can't, I can't obviously imagine what he went through, but, you know, just the way he handled it was, was unbelievable, very inspirational. And you also had a young man that, again, that, that's dealing with, with that type of news. And his, his teammates just rallied around him. You know, in terms of the contract, um, you know, I think Oscar had proven to us even before uh, his illness that he was a high character, uh, talented player that we wanted to be part of our, our future. You know, he's, he's a foundation piece for us. Uh, he's a top six forward and and a very good player, but obviously, uh, you know, his character is, is um, if anybody didn't realize how much character he had, I think the last six, seven months has shown the depth of his, of his toughness and his courage and, and his character. Yeah, Chuck, I, I just want to clarify. You said there will probably be one of the 31 players to go to Toronto. He will not be able to work out, uh, you know, on the ice with the team, Willie or, or Willie? I just want to make sure that's clear. Sure. I mean, why not? Why not? Wait, he, okay. He's not working out here, so I thought maybe uh, just as precaution, you didn't want him around players or? No, no. He's been, he's been cleared by uh, by his oncologist and by, his, by the medical team that worked with him and by our medical team that, you know, to – to start resuming activities and to train and to skate. And uh, he's getting stronger all the time. And, and uh, you know, I think um, certainly at a at the right time, he's not skating now because obviously we, you know, we're giving him a little bit more time, but at the right time, uh, he absolutely will be able to participate with our group. Hi, Chuck. Uh, just kind of following up on what Sam said. So he would be on the 31 man roster does that mean that he could theoretically practice and i guess in theory play i assume that's out of the question but just wanted to get that clarification absolutely i don't know what's out of the question i i wouldn't certainly uh put any limits on oscar uh we obviously will do everything we can to to protect him and and uh, but he's he's looking forward to restarting his life and, and his career and, and um you know, whatever that means, we'll find out. But, um, you know, when we'll work very closely with, with uh, you know, with, with this medical team and our medical team, and, and we'll make the right decisions for him. Yeah, you know, when Oscar would come around, you know, the guys, you could see a lift in their, their feeling, their mood, 
you know, if he comes to Toronto and if he's able to be around the guys, obviously the playoffs that supplies all the motivation you need, but would it be like, could you see the players, the coaches extra motivated, you know, almost like a let's win it for this guy kind of mindset. Do you sense that among the players? Uh, and that's always a tough one. I think everybody always just wants to win for the organization and for themselves. And, uh, but, you know, certainly Oscar, such a positive guy and, and uh, to, for him to be a part of our team, I think would definitely be a, a positive factor and inspirational uh, factor for, for our group. But, uh, you know, this is also about a young man that's it's trying to, to, to get going again and um, to do the right things for his health long-term, but also to do the right things for, for his playing career long-term. And, and uh, you know, whatever that means for this year, we'll find out, but, you know, he he, uh, he wants to get back and, and skate and, and train and, and regain his ability to play hockey. And uh, again, who knows what that'll mean for this year? None of us know, but but uh, I think this could be a, a real positive thing, not just for our team, but for Oscar too. Hi, Chuck. Um, you came here uh, in the middle of last season. I was just wondering, what have you enjoyed most about just getting to know Oscar Limbaum as, as, as a person as well? He just seems like he's always smiling, always upbeat. What have you enjoyed about getting to know him? Well, you just exactly what you said. He, he's always has a smile on his face. He's always positive. Uh, tremendous team orientation. Uh, it's always about the team. He's always worried about others. And, and he's a hell of a hockey player. Hi, Chuck. Uh, Matt Nissen was saying that it's a luxury and a comfort to have someone like Brian Elliott uh, standing by in case uh, the situation with, with Carter should linger. Would, would you go along with that assessment that uh, it's great to have someone who's got playoff experience waiting there? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Brian, is, uh, I remember a few years ago, had a really, really good playoff run. Um, you know, he, he's a guy with a lot of experience. He's won a lot of games in this league. And he knows how to prepare. Uh, he understands how quickly things can change in this business, both for the positive and the negative. And, and I think he has that, that mindset that would allow him to, to step in and play uh, whenever, uh, whenever we need him. And I think we saw that, uh, you know, in January and, and, and February where Brian had to play the bulk of the games. And and our team responded really well. He played really well, and, and we were able to uh, to win a lot of hockey games as when he was uh, playing when Carter was out. So you know, we he's earned the respect of his teammates, and we trust him. And uh, we know he's a good goaltender. And again, anything can happen in, in this type of scenario that we're we're going into up in up in Toronto, and after a four month pause and trying to restart and. You know, none of us obviously have any idea how it's going to play out, but I, I know the, the more quality players you have, the better chance you have of, of overcoming whatever obstacles uh, present themselves. Again, if you're looking for a silver lining to this crazy year of unprecedented times with 2020, the Oscar Lindblom story, a finalist for the Masterton Trophy, um, is a great one. And uh, we'll see if he ends up in Toronto traveling to the hub city with the Philadelphia Flyers. But uh, to get that deal done um, just feels so right. And it's a great thing. Um, another another man, you know, that would love to get Oscar Lindblom back on the ice is Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault. He addressed the media after Wednesday's session. And here's what he talked about. How has Brian Elliott looked so far in these practices? Uh, you know what? He's uh, he's looked good. Uh, you know, he's 
come in here with uh you know with a good mindset um obviously um uh you know because of the the you know the long layoff and the and the limited amount of ice time for a goaltender that they can get uh you know you always wonder how they're going to come in uh but brian's good has looked good every day i feel that uh you know he's uh he's working extremely hard he's uh spending a lot of time with uh, kim our, our goalie coach and uh you know he's going to be ready there's no doubt that uh you know he's been a big part of our team and um you know at, at some point uh you know, uh, we're going to need him in these playoffs, and uh, he's going to obviously play well for us. Hey, Lynn. Uh, Lynn, I know you can't speak to specifics about Carter, but uh, if he misses time in practice, how much does that hurt him in terms of being ready for the, the postseason? Well, any player missing uh, any time in practice, uh, you know, at this time, especially after the, the layoff that we've had, uh, sets them back a little bit. Uh, obviously, it depends on the amount of time. So he'll have to do a little bit of extra work uh, when he is capable of, of coming back. Um, I will say, though, on uh, Sean Couturier, because uh, just so there's no um, misinterpretation or, or whatever, it, it is extremely good news in the sense that this week uh, he got a call uh, nominating him for a a uh, very prestigious trophy. And this morning he got a call from his wife. Uh, he was getting dressed to come and pick him up because uh, next time we see him, he's going to be a father. So I think that that's uh, good news for him. It's certainly good news for the Flyers family. Uh, we've got another beautiful young child coming on the way. You just mentioned Coots, A.V. Um, do you know if they had a boy or a girl? Or uh, You know what? I didn't ask uh, uh, I've just been told that it's a girl. It, they they're in the process of having the the, the, the girl. So, um, oh okay, the baby's not born yet. Okay, the baby's not born. He got the call this morning to go bring his wife to the hospital. Okay, great. I I just want to ask you a, a follow up to Charlie's question about uh, Carter Hart. Uh, how concerned are you at this time, or do you think that uh, it's just something minor? Uh, again, we're not allowed to uh, to comment on the injuries. Uh, well, how concerned comment on that, right? I, I, I would say to you that uh, I'm not concerned. Elaine, I know you have the tournament job coming tomorrow. What is your timetable to make final decisions on which black aces you're going to take to the bubble? And are these guys stepping up to where they're making, giving you some tough decisions to make here? Yes, well, that's a very good point. And part of our scrimmage to, is tomorrow is, is to sort out uh, some of the decisions that we have to make. And also, today was our first specialty team day. Uh, tomorrow in the scrimmage, there'll be uh, probably, uh, you know, two-thirds of five-on-five five and, and a third of specialty team. So uh, we do have some decisions. Uh, all the final decisions will be made uh, on the 25th. That gives us, uh, you know, the time that we need to make the proper evaluations. Chuck and I have been talking on a daily basis about uh, how we see this moving forward, uh, you know, 90% of uh, the, I would say the, the decisions are close to being made, but there's still some good battle there and there's still some great internal competition within our group right now for, you know, whether it be top line uh, posi positioning, power play positioning, uh, PK positioning, uh, the great battles on the, on the fence uh, for spots and roles, 
So I, I'm really enjoying, I've really enjoyed the way our guys have come in. I, I like the decisions that we're going to have to make. Um, you know, most of those deci final decisions as far as how we're going to look come that first uh, uh, playoff game that will be made, obviously, in the, in the round robin in, in that exhibition game that we have against Pittsburgh. Hey, Ali, uh, question about Sean. You coached against him for so many years. Um, when you got to be around him full-time this season, what was it about him that stood out to you that maybe you didn't know about him before or that impressed you that maybe you didn't realize about him and how he carries himself and how he plays? You know, I got to know him prior to coming to Philly with the national team. And um, what I found there was it was obviously a, a guy that wants to become the, the best that he could be, or conducts himself uh, like a pro, but uh, uh, really wants to be part of, of the leadership. He wants to be, you know, a, a go-to guy in all situations. And as a coach, I mean, that's what you look for in players, uh, guys that you can trust five on five, on the power play shorthanded. Uh, obviously, a lot of times you, you you need to spread out the ice time a little bit, but Coots is one that, uh, you know, hasn't shied away from uh, wanting more responsibilities, not just on the ice, uh, but in the dressing room. And uh, he's become a, a real important leader for the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, just to follow up on the, the goaltending thing, you kind of hinted, and I want to be clear about this, that maybe Brian would play anyway. Uh, I guess what I'm asking is, were you presuming that you'd have to play Brian at some point in these playoffs anyway, even if everybody stayed healthy? Um, you know, I, I do believe that, um, you know, Carter, the way he played throughout the year and how he improved, um, you know, uh, throughout the season has, has earned the right uh, to start in the, in the playoffs. That being said, though, we have four games until then. And, uh, you know, if uh, there's no doubt that Brian is going to play in, in those four games. And uh, in my mind right now, Carter's the guy, but you never know, you know what can happen. Uh, you know, Carter's a young goaltender. A lot of young guys have stepped in. And uh, because they've played big games in, in their leagues prior to it, they've just stepped in and, and picked off exactly where they were. Uh, Carter, we believe, can do that. But I, I do, I think that uh, the experience of Brian gives us a great tandem, and whoever we put in goal, uh, they're going to do a real good job for us. That's what both our goaltenders have done for us all year long. Hey, Lane, uh, you mentioned offhand on a Sunday that you thought you guys were going to take 30 players to the bubble. Um, I guess the first question is, does that still hold? And second question is, do you know what the, the positional distribution is going to be in that 30? Uh, we're still we're still working on that right now. Um, so because because we're still working on it, I, I don't have a definitive answer for you. I will have one on the, on the 25th for sure. Uh, back to Brian for a second, if I can. Uh, just how beneficial is it to have a guy like him who has really made a career out of being a tandem guy and, and a guy that's known for being called in difficult situations? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, for our team, uh, it's a huge bonus to have a, a guy with his background and his experience. It's a bonus for Carter to have somebody there that, uh, uh, you know, he can uh, relate with and, and bounce ideas off. And, uh, you know, with Kim in, in, in that, that trio, both goaltenders and him, 
you know, I think our whole group is really confident that, uh, you know, goaltending is, is a big part of, uh, it's a big part of season success and it's a real big part of playoff success. We're no different than anybody else. We're going to need our goaltender to be at the top of their game. And I think we're all very confident that uh, any one of those two guys will do a good, great job for us. Hi, Evie. Um, before I ask my questions about the question about the special teams, can you clarify, are you only allowed to dress 20 players for that exhibition against the Penguins, or can you bring more because of the circumstances? No, dress for, the, for the exhibition, we're allowed to dress 13 forwards and 7 Ds, which we're going to do. So uh, that they give us uh, you know, an extra forward, an extra D for that exhibition, and after that, it goes to the normal four, four lines and 16. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, I want to ask you about the special teams, and yep. you worked on a power play today. Uh, how difficult is it to get uh, the special teams back in the rhythm? They were in a really good place when the season ended. That's one of our goals is to make sure that uh, come that first playoff game that we are going to be back in that rhythm. Uh, today was our first day. Uh, tomorrow in the scrimmage, like I mentioned, we're going to do a little bit of uh, two-thirds, five-on-five, and, and a third specialty teams. Uh, the last day before we leave for Toronto on the 25th, we're going to do a specialty teams and probably a little bit more PK today. we looked at the power play a little bit more and that's what we're going to do tomorrow so and then we're going to have all the time in those four four games in toronto to uh, focus on what's a, a very important part of team success those specialty teams so we've got a good group confident that uh, you know with the time that we have available we'll be where we have to be to have success in the playoffs coaches great leaders leaders of men always know that when there's still work to be done to continue to work with the same voracious pace and intensity that you did that got you there. And Elaine Vino is a guy that exemplifies that perfectly. Um, the job is not done. This season is not done, and there's still work to be done. And Elaine Vino uh, has done a great job with his Flyers team this season, so much so that he is a finalist for the Jack Adams Trophy as the NHL Coach of the Year, along with John Tortorello of the Columbus Blue Jackets and also Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. Uh, Carter Hart did not practice Wednesday again with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, we'll keep, a, obviously, on top of this situation. You heard Elaine Vigneault there say he doesn't. He is not concerned. So they, they, while they can't comment on it directly, but the fact that Elaine Vigneault said he is not very concerned, uh, that's good news for Flyers fans. Brian Elliott has been very sharp in camp. It was sharp. Uh, right from the beginning of the camp in phase three, and he addressed the media after Wednesday session. Just how have you felt so far through these practices? Have you felt like, you know, you've been able to kind of work through the time away? Um, yeah, yeah, I felt kind of better and better each day. Um, today I felt really good. Uh, just kind of getting back that, uh, you know, competitiveness and battle level and um, things like that. It just, uh, I think we've done a good job of trying to ramp things up and, um, you know, get more into a little bit more systems, a little special teams today. And um, that's good for us because we get to look through bodies, look through screens and, um, you know, try to really react to just, uh, just play the game. And uh, that's what's fun about goaltending. Sometimes it uh, gets a little much when you're just, you know, guys are just coming down and shooting on you, and now we're getting into game situations where it's a little bit more uh, fun for us. Yeah, Brian, I know you play with urgency and intensity all the time, but do you does that ramp up a little bit knowing that Carter is out right now? 
Um, I mean, I, I think it's just uh, uh, something that I've been trying to do each day is just put a little more for, focus onto the details each day and, um, you know, getting a little bit more battle level, like I said. Um, the first part of these practices haven't really been geared to that. It's just been getting back on track. And now I think we, we have those, you know, fundamentals down and now it's, now it's time to, um, focus on those, you know, in type battles and, uh, things like that. And I, I don't think it matters, you know, who's in or out of the lineup. I think uh, you have to battle a little bit more when you don't get a break out there. And there's only two, two goalies right now. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it doesn't it doesn't really affect uh, your mindset going into those practices i think uh, we only got a few more days left before we leave so i think the urgency is just natural for for everyone right now hey brian uh back in goal obviously you can watch the skaters and kind of where they're at in terms of sharpness how much have they improved as a whole uh from the first day of camp to today in terms of clicking as a unit um I mean, I, I think a lot of guys have looked really sharp from day one. Um, you know, I, I think that top line has been, you know, easily, you can see why they're the top line and they've been clicking. And, um, you know, I think it, it just kind of, you can go down and everybody's working on their strengths of their games. And, um, you know, even the PK today, I think we, we held, uh, we held them without a goal today. So, um, and I don't think that's, you know, bad on the PP. I think the PK was kind of clicked in and uh, had good pressure down the ice and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think everybody's trying to get back to their roles and, you know, how we were playing during the year. Um, you know, you want to try to slide right back in there. And I think that's what every team around the league is trying to do right now. Um, I'm, it's, you know, from my perspective, it looks like guys are, you know, trying to slide back into their roles and, um, you know, and if we need to step up, if, if guys need to slide in and out of the lineup, up and down the, the lines, I think uh, guys will be ready. Hi, Brian. I know that uh, the Flyers add some veterans like uh, Matt and Kevin as far as special teams go, but what did you see different this year compared to the year before in terms of the pa power play and penalty kill in terms of design or whatever? Yeah, I think the first thing I thought I saw was the the mind mindset mind frame going into it. I thought, um, you know, in years past, it was more. I don't know. I don't want to say a uh oh uh, if we get a penalty, but I think, you know, with how we were killing penalties, I think we were confident that we were going to kill and use that momentum to to go on the offense. And um, you know, I think Hazy was a, a big part of that. Uh, you know, hiding his stick and be able to. You know, a couple breakaways, a couple two-on-ones, and um, I thought we got a lot of uh, momentum from that. And, and if not momentum, we definitely got a goal. So, um, you know, I, I think hopefully we can use that as a strength going forward. Um, I think special teams will be huge in this small, you know, short-term uh, uh, tournament here coming up. And, uh, you know, we, we want to be good. Hi, Brian. Uh, just a little side topic from hockey. Uh, Elaine Vigneault said Sean Gattori and his wife are uh, in labor and expecting a baby girl. Will you have any uh, dad tips for Sean? Um, I don't know. I I feel bad for him. I mean, you're having you're having a kid and you got to leave right away. It's you know it's such a magical moment. You want to be part of it um, as much as you can. And 
Uh, it's gonna be tough leaving uh, a new mom and a, and a baby uh, behind, but uh, short term, and um, you know, I'm really happy for them. You know, it's, it's such a cool time, and uh, I'm just glad that they're able to, to do it while he's here. And you know, can't wait to to meet another one of the, the Flyers family for sure. Boy, having a veteran goaltender that's gone through so many battles in the Stanley Cup playoffs and going on some pronounced long runs in St. Louis and other stops along the way is such such a great thing to have. And Brian Elliott, whether he is in the pipes because Carter Hart can't go at some point or you need to spell Carter Hart or he's there to be an ear for Carter Hart throughout the playoffs, um, having that veteran presence that's been there, done that. Uh, is a great thing to have. One man who has gone on the longest of NHL Stanley Cup playoff runs and come away with the hardware. He's the only member of the Flyers with a ring. He won it back in 2017 with the Washington Capitals when they beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Matt Niskanen addressed the media after Wednesday's practice. Your first year at the Flyers, you've got to be around Sean Torrey. playing against him for so many years. What was the first thing or what stands out to, about Sean that you didn't know from just from playing against him and seeing him on video? that you really got to understand it makes him so special now that you're his teammate? Uh, I think it's his skill level um, is better than I maybe previously thought. I I knew how positionally sound and smart he was. Um, and I, I thought he was a really good player, but I think he has higher end skill than, than I maybe realized from afar and playing against him. And when you see him every day, you to see what he can do with the puck and um, his instincts are really high level. So uh, that's probably what I'd say. Yeah, Matt, the, the special teams were in a real good place when the regular season ended uh, and he worked on them today. Uh, how long do you think it takes to get back into the, the rhythm? Is that difficult on special teams? Uh, probably. If I were to guess, I'd say power play maybe takes a little bit longer to kind of get back in a rhythm and, uh, back in the groove or how you want to move the puck here. You get a feel for open ice and w which lanes are available and kind of get it on the same page. Um, I think penalty kill is just about habits and um, that comes back quickly, what you need to do and um, your reads and your pressure moments and stuff that I think that'll come back quick. And um, a lot of penalty killing is just wanting to do it. and. We're heading right, basically right into the playoffs. So I think the, the desire and the sacrifice will be there right from the start. So if we can get that power play going uh, quicker rather than later, that'll help us. Matt, this is obviously a unique situation, different than anything you guys have, have dealt with, but you've obviously been on a ton of playoff teams. Um, what's the tone of this locker room feel like as you guys are preparing for the playoffs in comparison to what the locker rooms in, in the past for you have felt like? Uh, well, I, I've been on a couple where the feel is, I hope we do well. I hope we, uh, can maybe win around. Um, and then I've been on some teams where you're expected to make the final at, at the minimum. And we're probably somewhere in between. I think we, uh, is the, the sense I get where we believe that we could do something, but I don't think there's a an outside or a, like a, a cloud hanging over us 
of, of the pressure that we have to win or bad things are going to happen. I think we're in a great spot where we have the potential to make some noise and who knows what could happen. We believe in each other, but there's not a an overbearing uh, weight of pressure. Uh, so I think that's a, a nice sweet spot to be in where we'll see what we can do. Hi, Matt. Uh, to kind of piggyback off of Charlie's question, I know when we talked earlier in the year, you mentioned how towards the end of your time in D.C. that there was a huge, huge outside pressure. Um, how dangerous can it be for a team that doesn't have that pressure to kind of go in there loose and kind of with a nothing-to-lose mentality? Yeah, I, I think there's there's some benefit to it. Uh, you know, mentally, you just play free and you play as, as hard as you can and you play for each other and um, who knows what can happen. Like you don't, you're not worried about anything except just trying to win. And I think teams that are, for some reason, that the perception is, okay, this has to be their year. They got to do it now. That's a lot to bear for players. And it takes a, a special, special group to be able to handle that. And you oftentimes see teams like that fail. It's happened a number of times um, in the, in recent years, just look at President's Trophies winners. and. Um, so I think we're we're in a nice spot here where everyone I, I think we're not gonna surprise anybody. And I think we believe that we're a really good team and we have as good a chance as anybody, but we didn't win the regular season by fifteen points or anything like that either. So uh, we're we're in a nice spot. How much of a comfort and a luxury is it to have a veteran goalie like uh, Brian uh in case he has to step in here um, when the playoffs start? I think it's really big. Um, I, don't, I don't think anyone questions that uh, a healthy, confident Carter Hart is our guy, but things happen uh, in the playoffs. Um, will there be a, just a tweak, uh, about, like a, an injury that a goalie's got to miss a game or two or half a series? And it, to have a veteran guy who's been there, um, confident as a pro, it's step in and it does, the moment doesn't feel too big for him. I could save you a series you know, or, you know, you could play for Ryan's talented enough and uh, experienced enough where he could play uh, a month if he had to, and he, we'd be confident in him. And he's got that, uh, that kind of skill set. So, and I think it's good mentally for goalies to be pushed just a little bit. I think uh, whoever is in net at the time, everybody will back him, but it's, there's that little bug in the back of your head where it pushes them where they're not too comfortable. I mean, I, I, you don't try to ease up in the playoffs at all. I don't think any player does, but it, it helps to just have that little bit of competition in, in the background that it pushes everybody to be their best. Hey, Matt, I have two questions. The first is um, when you guys won the cup in 18 with the Caps, would you quali would you describe that situation as being a team that had to overcome that pressure you were talking about, that outside pressure? or one that had kind of cast it aside already? No, I think that year we were, uh, I think we played a lot freer that year. I don't think we had the same expectations because of the number of people we lost from the previous year. Um, two years in a row, we won the President's Trophy by a mile. And those two years we had pressure and it, it 
affected guys negatively, I think. And uh, the next year, because of some of the veteran players that we lost, I think we were a lot mentally, we were a lot freer. And um, we, we won the division led, leading into that playoff still. And then we were still a really good team. And uh, we thought we could do it, obviously. But I don't think uh, the outside pressure was as high. And I think that that really um, was a benefit to a lot of guys. And then just the follow up kind of on a different topic. Do you have any kind of sense yet of what these games are going to look like um, just based on the way practices have been? Is the will the play be as sharp? Will it be ragged? Like what, what is your sense of how the games will feel and look? Uh, I really don't have any idea. I, I'll say this. I, the practices and the pace and the execution is a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, the only thing I can compare it to is uh, maybe what a normal training camp would be like or the 2012 lockout, you know, heading into that, that 13 season in January where we had a long layoff. I, I think the only deal with that one was everyone was able to skate or some guys were even playing games still in, in Europe or in the minors. So um, I didn't know what to expect. And I still don't really, but the pace and the ex execution is better than I thought it would be. So I think it'll be uh, it should be pretty good hockey. You would imagine it's going to be a little sloppier for the first four or five games um, just because we haven't played uh, real hockey for a while. But uh, it's been pretty good. Um, I know Oscar Lindblom is going to be playing with you, but he's been around the team, and it seems like when he's coming to visit, the guys have been lifted. They've played better. Obviously, he won't be in Toronto with you guys, but does he? He's going to be with you guys in spirit. Is that and the extra motivation just to, to galvanize the group that you guys can can use in your benefit when you get to Toronto? I think so. You know, everyone loves him. Uh, he's just the greatest kid uh, to have around. And, um, uh, he was, a, you know, he's a hell of a player. And, uh, I don't think normally I would say in playoffs, you don't need any extra motivation, but that's a, a nice little story that everyone can rally around. Uh, I think, and we think about them, we talk about them all the time. So um, Oscar's with us in this and uh, everyone feels that when we talk about it. So what, what a great story that he's been just a champion through this and we, we can't wait to, to see him again. And I love what Matt Niskanen said when he was uh, joined us a couple weeks ago, that those conversations about what it takes to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs and what it takes to be a champion, those conversations were happening in February and March. And they'll continue to happen when they, uh, I'm sure they've been happening through this camp, and they'll be happening at the hub city of Toronto. Matt Niskanen, tremendous leader and a really good uh, defenseman paired with Ivan Provorov on this team in that top pairing. Been a tremendous asset all year long. Sean Couturier didn't practice yesterday either. He has got a baby girl on the way. You heard Elaine Vigneault allude to it. Claude Giroux is also, uh, has a young child and his first-time father. His son, Gavin, is going to be one years old coming up in late August. And he's been giving Sean Couturier some advice on fatherhood. Here's Claude Giroux after Wednesday's practice. Brian Elliott just talked about um, how he feels bad for Coots and he's got to leave and his wife's having a baby and he's got to leave. This is away from hockey. Can you talk a little bit how, how tough it was for you? I know you just had a newborn son. How, how, from a personal standpoint, how tough was that to, to leave uh, your son? Yeah, I mean, I was home for, uh, for three months and uh, got, to, got to know him as a person and uh, 
we had a good connection, had a lot of fun together. Uh, we're together every day, so uh, right now it's uh, it's tough. Um, you know, you want to be there to kind of see him grow, and uh, my my miss is uh, his first birthday, so it's uh, uh, it's uh, it's really not easy, but uh, you know he's gonna have a chance to watch me play on the. Hey Claude, how um, prepared do you guys feel? A couple scrimmages in, and you know the practices. I mean, obviously, it must have been so hard to do this stop and the restart. You know, where do you, you gauge you guys are at right now? Uh, I think we're on pace. Uh, you know, to uh, to get in the rhythm of, of uh, a real hockey game and uh, playoff hockey game, it's uh, you need a lot of work, and usually you got eight two games to do that. So um, right now, we're just trying to. Uh, speed up the process, get the feel of the puck, get the feel of our system. And, you know, it's uh, hopefully hopefully by next week when we play our first uh, uh, free tournament game, um, we'll get the feel of the puck. Yeah, speaking of that exhibition game against Pittsburgh, um, will you guys take that game more seriously than most exhibition games because it's, you know, right before you play the round robin? And do you think the intensity level will uh, be ramped up because of that? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty intense. I mean, just because you want to get into it, you want to put yourself in a position uh, in, in, in situations that you're going to be put in during the, the round robin. So uh, I think both teams just want to, um, you know, you want a little bit of momentum. You want to make sure you play the, the right way. Uh, you make sure everybody follows the system. And if you do that, I think it's going to give us a step for the uh, round robin games. You've been around, Sean his entire career he got the nomination for the Selkie trophy uh earlier in the week what's it mean for you guys as teammates to see him get recognized and get this level of publicity you guys in the room know how good he is do you think people outside or you know it's, it's hard to say but after all these years starting to realize just how good a player he is in all facets of the game yeah i mean <clears throat> i think with coots is it's uh it's every game he plays uh the right way every game plays hard uh obviously he's good defensively but he's also good offensively and um, you know, last year I thought he had a, a really good chance of, of winning the Selkie. And um, this year he's he's even uh, a better situation, I believe. So, um, I mean, he's the thing with Kutz is every game you know what you're going to get from him. Claude, when you, uh, when you broke into the league, uh, the Flyers were a team that every year they had a real shot at the, at the Cup. Then there were some down years, you know, during during your career, and now it seems like you guys are are getting back to that level. How excited are you to go into the playoffs? I'm assuming feeling like you guys really have a chance of winning it all this year. Yeah, I mean, during the the regular season, I think we uh, uh, we were pretty consistent at the end, being able to play our game, and uh, we we were going into every game feeling that we're going to win the game. So uh, we uh, uh, we're a confident group right now. We. Uh, we know what, what we're capable of, and uh, now we just got to go and, and uh, do it again. Claude, now that you're a veteran father, of course, what's your advice for Sean Couturier? <laughs> yeah, we talked about it a few uh, a few times. He's uh, he's very excited right now. I uh, mean, it's uh, it's it, it it's a moment that uh, you can remember for the rest of your life. And uh, you know, when you when you go through it for the first time, you don't really know what to expect, and a lot of emotions and uh, uh, it's uh, it's one of my favorite uh, experiences that I, I I've gone through, and um, I'm sure uh, I'm sure he's gonna have a lot of fun. Hey, Claude, Oscar won't be able to play for you guys, but it's like anytime Oscar would come around, there'd be a lift in the team. The guys would you know 
play play a little better, seemed a little bit more motivated. When you guys get to Toronto, obviously it's the playoffs you don't need. You shouldn't need any extra motivation. But will him and, and, and he'll be with you in spirit. Will that serve as extra motivation, kind of galvanize the group, bring everybody together? Yeah, of course. Uh, just from the season, that time we got a chance to, to see him or even come to a game. Uh, you know, yeah. Just a little motivation, a little bit more motivation. And uh, uh, the kids have been through a lot. And we, uh, we want to play a lot for him and for ourselves. And uh, he's, uh, he's a really big part of this team. Yeah, yeah, in 2010, you were a young player and you came close to winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, how do you approach this year's tournament? And do you think that you're, this is the best chance you've had since 2010 to do some damage in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, I do. I believe that this is probably our uh, the best chance that we've had since. And we just we're, we have a lot of depth. We have uh, veterans. We have uh, young players that do a lot for us and uh, goaltending. Um, I mean, we just we just have a good. Um, we're just good everywhere, and we have and confidence is a big part of it. And if we can get that confidence early on during your run, Robin. I think that's going to be huge for us. El Capitan, uh, giving Sean Couturier some advice on parenting and much more as preparations are underway. Uh, it will be tough for Claude Giroux. Obviously, he's going to likely miss the first-year birthday for his son, and uh, that is a difficult thing to deal with. Um, but uh, he recognizes he has a job to do. He has a dream to chase, and uh, he's trying to get a Stanley Cup. And um, there'll be a lot of other birthdays, but that first one is special, and that will be uh, a difficult day for Claude Giroux. But the Flyers hope to be winning hockey games at that point. It's going to put a wrap on this Thursday edition of Flyers Daily. We'll be back on tomorrow with another fresh new edition as we count down the days to the exhibition game against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday, which will be at 4 o'clock. And then also, Flyers will travel to the hub city of Toronto coming up this Sunday, the 26th. And a week from Sunday will be the first round-robin game for the Philadelphia Flyers against the Boston Bruins. Thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, which is brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Give them a follow on Twitter at PennMedicine.com. Another new episode coming up tomorrow. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Yeah.